0: Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. (laughs) You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, Mark Sanders. Go, food needs refill. The NFL regular season officially underway as of Thursday night, but the first full day of games, the first full slate right here today. And we thought, hey, you know what? Why not? Moving the podcast up. A little bit earlier in the day today, the Facebook Live feature a little bit earlier in the day today. Why? Why not? I got to get my NFL predictions in, got to lay out a bunch of things, got a busy day in front of us, and I know that there is zero chance that you're going to listen to this and watch this once the games begin. So there you go. Smart, always ahead. Where to begin? Well, we got a couple of things on the docket, as we always do for you, the big three. What are our, what are our big three? That we have for you today. We've got to get our NFL predictions in for the season. Including the three professional teams here in the state of Florida. So we've got that in order or in store for you. Tim Tebow gets touched up in a new book by Jason Cole. It's called Relentless. It's about John Elway. Tim Tebow plays a role in this back in the 2011 season. Remember that John Elway gets in charge or becomes in charge. Decides I'm moving on from Tim Tebow. Brings in Peyton Manning. And the rest is history there, of course, in Denver. So we're going to spend a little time on that as well. And also the Big Ten expected to re to start the season. If the Big Ten takes a step back and decides to play, great. Now, here's a chance for the ACC and SEC and Big 12 to do the right thing. We'll tell you what the right thing is in regards to the Big Ten. And you, the fans. And me, the fans. So many times people's ego... And self worth own, you know, you know, people are way too proud of themselves, way too proud of themselves. And you always have to ask yourself when it comes to this is this in my best interest, in my ego's best interest, or everybody's best interest? Most of the time, it's in everybody's ego's best interest, not what's in the best interest of everybody. That's the toughest thing about my job and what I do. For a living, you can't do what's in your best interest. You have to do what's in your listener's best interest, your consumer's best interest. What are the subjects that they care about? Are you talking about those subjects, or is this about you and your ego? So that's what the ACC, Big 12, and SEC are going to show us here in the next week or so. All right, let's begin with the NFL predictions, since it is game day, baby. Uh, where to start? I'm going to start with the big three in the state of Florida. Tell you what's going to happen with each of those three, and then I'm going to do an overall arcing rundown of the entire season for the entire NFL. Let's start off with the Jaguars first. They're not going to be good, but they're not going to be nearly as bad as everyone says they're going to be. They're not. I got the Jaguars going four and twelve, and here's why: four and twelve for the Jaguars. <laughs> so, no, that, that four and twelve is where I have them going. Why? Well, Gardner Minshew's playing for his career, right? Or at least a chance to be a everyday starter in the National Football League. So Gardner Minshew's playing for a career under center. On top of that, yeah, you may have moved some guys around and traded some guys around and dumped some guys. You have D.J. Chark as a wide receiver. D.D. Westbrook's in a contract year. We have Kyle Rudolph now at tight end, right? That offensive line may not be great, but Brandon Linder's making $9 million a year. He's playing for his year, or he's got one-year options basically going from here on out, right? You have... Juwan Taylor in his second year at right guard. You swing over to the left side of the ball, and you have Andrew Norwell. You've got guys that are that are playing for careers that are in contract years. Defensively, they're going to struggle a little bit. They are. But offensively, you've got guys that are, I mean, Avery Jones is in the final year of his deal, right at $4 million. You've got a lot of guys that are in contract years here. So <laughs> that's what I look at. Plus, you have a last-place schedule. Jaguars aren't going to be very good, but they're not going to be 0-16, 1-15 bad. They're not. 4-12 and 12 for the Jaguars this year. Uh, the Miami Dolphins. Like this division, uh, you'd think that it would be Buffalo. You would, with Cam Newton at quarterback for the Patriots. But what have the Patriots lost? Two divisions the last 16 years? Something like that? Now, Tom Brady's gone. I get it. But one of those divisions that they won was without him. Um, or, excuse me, a double-digit win season without him. It's a different world, right? It is. It's a different world now. Where the Dolphins sit. Into a tongue of Viola and not playing him this year, is it the right thing to do? Well, there's always this propensity we got to get. We got to get, you know, the young rookie in eventually at some point. Why? Because we, the fans have got to gravitate towards him and buy tickets. Well, that's not the, a worry this year, is it? There is no reason to rush any quarterback this year because you don't have fan pressure. You don't have fan pressure. There's no reason to rush a rookie quarterback. So if I am the Miami Dolphins to a tongue of Viola, I'm taking my sweet time. It's not a great division, but... <laughs> You know, two games against the Jets, two games against the Bills, two games against the Patriots, plus the schedule that the Dolphins have coming up, where they picked in the draft, what last play schedule as well, right? So I look at the Dolphins as a five and six and ten team. I'm going to go with five and eleven for the Miami Dolphins this year. Tua Viola. look, unless Ryan Fitzpatrick gets hurt or Tua Viola is extremely healthy late in the year, the Dolphins should do with Tua what the Jaguars did with Patrick Mahomes, or excuse me with. It would have been nice if the Jaguars drafted Patrick Mahomes, what the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes. Dolphins are a 5'11 football team. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be good. Are they going to be great? No, because you still have a 42-year-old quarterback. You have Rod, Rod Gronkowski that hasn't played in, what, two years? So you're going to have some growing pains here, and that's just the way the Patriots and Tom Brady worked. We're growing pains, testing things out, Bruce Arians. This thing's going to be an offensive weapon. It's going to be a juggernaut. It is. Tom Brady's health, of course, is everything here. Leonard Fournette. His ability to run the football makes a big difference, a big difference in giving Tom Brady some breathers. And let's face it, the Patriots were really good when they had a dynamic running game, whoever that running game was, to go along with Tom Brady. You had Leonard Fournette. If Leonard Fournette can duplicate what he did in Jacksonville last year, what, 1,100 yards rushing, 400 yards receiving, 500 yards receiving? Touchdowns in the red zone. Don't worry about that. Just It's the controlling of the clock and keeping drives on the field. I, I think the Buccaneers will be really good. I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going 11 and 5 this year. Tampa Bay Buccaneers 11-5. So Jaguars 4-12, Dolphins 5-11, and, and the Buccaneers 11-5. Let's get to the predictions right now for the National Football League 2020 style. And I'll give you my MVP Coach of the Year and all that Super Bowl coming up here. In the NFC South, I've got the Buccaneers winning the NFC South going 11-5 under Tom Brady. I think this has a lot to do with schedules and what the Buccaneers schedule is as opposed to what the Saints schedule is going to be. First place schedule as opposed to not a first place schedule. And on top of that, let's face it, Drew. Is, Drew Brees is not young in the tooth either. And I saw him get hurt last year. I haven't seen Brady. Brady's arm was sore. I get it. He was banged up a little bit. But just balancing those two out, plus the weaponry that the that the Bucs have Tampa Bay 11 and 5. The Bucks go 11 and 5. And the Saints go 10 and 6. So I have the Saints winning a wild card at 10 and 6. And the Buccaneers at 11 and 5. NFC North, I've looked at this and I, I think the Vikings have a chance to be good. I just don't trust Kurt Cousins. I don't. The Bears. Mitchell Trubisky just beat out Nick Foles. Okay, the Lions. Sorry, gang. I, that's one of those things. I I believe it when I see it. I, I look at this, and the Packers last year were what a 12-13 win football team. Their draft left a lot to be desired. But as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy and upright, it's the best team in the division, isn't it? The Packers win this division at 11 and five. Uh, the NFC East: Dallas Cowboys, Eagles. I looked at this too. The Giants. I just don't. I'm not ready to believe in the Giants quite yet. Um, the Washington football team. Yeah, right. Let's not forget, Dak Prescott is in a contract year at quarterback. He wants Patrick Mahomes' money on steroids. Cowboys win this division. I got the Cowboys going 10-6. and six. Eagles, 9-7 and seven type of football team, but they're on the outside looking in when it comes to a wild card. And in the NFC West. Now, there's one of these things. I caught a lot of flack for this last year because I predicted the Rams wouldn't go to the postseason. I was right. I was right. Didn't get everything right, but got that one right. Got that one right. At the beginning of the year, my Super Bowl was the... Packers and the Chiefs it was my Super Bowl last year, by the way, I had the Packers beating the Chiefs, too. So I got that that wrong. But looking at the NFC West, I think the Seahawks are the team to beat. No, I think the Seahawks are the team to beat in the NFC when it's all said and done. I have the Seahawks winning this division going 13 and three. The Rams finishing second in this division at nine and seven. So when it's all said and done, the Seahawks are the one seed. You got extra wild card teams now, too. Right. So when it's all said and done, I've got the Seahawks the Cowboys, the Packers, and the Bucks as your division winners. Your wild card winners are the Saints, the Vikings, and the Rams. 49ers on the outside looking in this year. Everything went their way last year. Don't think it's going to go either this year. So remember, we got a new playoff structure now, right? The shadow from the light. How about that? No. Your one seed to Seahawks. Your two seed, when it's all said and done, are the Buccaneers. Three seed of the Packers. Four seed of the boys. Wildcarts, Saints, Vikings, Rams. When it's all said and done, I like the Seattle Seahawks over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to go to the Super Bowl in Tampa. So Tampa, oh, so close. Let's see if the Super Bowl's in Tampa this year. So there you go. Seahawks over the Bucs. Uh, in the AFC, look, I looked at the AFC South and trying to analyze this and trying to look at this. <laughs> I, I, I picked the Titans to win it. Why? Well, they've got a healthy running game. They just added Jadavian Clowney to the mix to put pressure on Phillip Rivers, to put pressure on Gardner Minshew inside of this division, to put pressure on Deshaun Watson. So the Titans were nine and seven last year. They closed strong and you add Jadavian Clowney to the mix to put pressure on quarterbacks in this division. Titans win this division. I have the Titans going 10 and six, and I've got the Colts winning a wild card in this division going nine and seven. Phillip rivers. I think the Colts dynamically are strong. That pushes them over the top in terms of a wild card. Um, in the NFC North, the Ravens are still the Ravens. I, I, Lamar Jackson had a great year last year. Probably should have won the MVP last year. So I, I still like the Ravens to win the uh, NFC North, or excuse me, the AFC North when it's all said and done. And I have the Steelers winning a wild card. Steelers get back on track. Steelers get back to the postseason. I know Ben Roethlisberger's been banged up. Again, it depends on what the schedule is. You looked at what they did late last year and how the job that Mike Tomlin did with all the injuries that they had in Pittsburgh. Ravens win the division 11-5. Steelers win a wild card at 10-6. and six. The Patriots in the AFC East, I looked at this, and you know the Bills and what they've done with Josh Allen and the Dolphins, the Jets, still the Patriots. Even with Cam Newton there, still going to go with the Patriots, although it's not going to be a great division. I have the Patriots winning this division at 9-7. And And the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West, when it's all said and done, the Chiefs run away with this division. The Chiefs win 14-2 is what the Chiefs do in this division. And I have the Raiders snatching that other wild card slot. I think it's finally time, John Gruden, third year, that they finally get over the hump in Vegas. So when it's all said and done, your division winners in the AFC, the Chiefs in the West, the Patriots in the East, the Ravens in the North, and the Titans in the South. Your wild cards are the Steelers, the Colts, and the Raiders. It's all said and done. The dust settles. I like in the AFC, I like the Chiefs over the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl. So your Super Bowl matchup is the Chiefs and the Seahawks. The Chiefs and the Seahawks Super Bowl this year in Tampa. Um, Before I get to who's going to win that Super Bowl when it's all said and done, uh, some accolades, some regular season accolades. Russell Wilson is going to be your offensive MVP of the league. I think they're going to be the best team in the NFC. And Patrick Mahomes is going to have a great year, too. I just think Russell Wilson will win the MVP. Taking a step back on the or looking at the other side of the ball defensively, Aaron Donald is the easy pick. I'm going to go with Joey Bosa as Defensive Player of the Year. Healthy, massive new contract, Joey Bosa. Plus, Joey Bosa gets a chance on some big stages there against Patrick Mahomes. So Joey Bosa is your winner of Defensive Player of the Year. Um, Rookie of the Year, Joe Burrow at the quarterback position. It's easy to go with, you know, Edward Zalera, after what he did on Thursday night, that's the easy pick. I'm not doing that. I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. Why? It's usually a quarterback award. I think Edward Zalera put up some big numbers, but Joe Burrow's going to throw the ball a ton. The Bengals, I look at it like a Kyler Murray type of situation, a Deshaun Watson type of situation, where the team is getting a little bit better and he's just going to be throwing the ball a ton. So that's where I am with Rookie of the Year. Uh, Coach of the Year, Pete Carroll of the Seattle Seahawks. When it's all said and done, are we Super Bowl 55 now? Seahawks beat the Chiefs in Super Bowl 55. Russell Wilson is your MVP. So there you go. Seahawks over the Chiefs. Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. All right. NFL. Let's talk a little college football. The Big Ten going to revote and figure out what they want to do. They're going to play. They're going to revote. They're going to do this. It's just a question when their season starts. When should the Big Ten season start? Late October. Late October. And here is where ego... And arrogance get in the way. There is more ego and arrogance in college football than any other sport. There is. What's best for me? What's beneficial for me? My conference. My conference. Me, 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 me. 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 Just look at this. Look the Big Ten and Pac-12 decided not to vote. So what happened? The SEC. And look, right where I live. Right where I work. The arrogance of people covering SEC football teams. The arrogance of people covering ACC football teams. Oh, the Big Ten. The Big Ten. Whatever. Whatever the Big Ten. Why aren't they playing? Why do you care? Why do you care? I don't care what another man wears or how somebody else dresses or what you're doing. I don't care. Why do you care what they're doing? Care what the, Who cares what the Big Ten's doing? Well, it's they just say. That, who cares? You look down at them from an SEC perspective. The SEC always looking down at the Big Ten. Always looking down at the Pac-12. Wolves do not lose sleep over the opinions of sheep. Right? Cliches, but cliches are cliches for a reason because they're true. Well, now that the Big Ten's going to vote on this. Okay, if the Big Ten comes back, Big Ten's going to play. Target date, late October. Okay, well, the college football playoffs the last week of hey, January 1st, tough. Stop. Stop. There's an easy solution to this. There's an easy solution to this if John Swofford in the ACC, if, good gracious, just looking up and down the line, Greg Sankey in the SEC, if everybody will just swallow their pride, you could have the single greatest weekend in the history of football. You could. You usually have three weeks off, right? After conference championship games, usually about three weeks off. We already saw an ACC game get postponed because of this coronavirus thing. You're going to have games postponed. Swallow your pride, ACC, SEC, Big 12 on this one. You could stick it to the Big Ten if you wanted to. College football is better when the Big Ten's involved. Fact. Fact. So what do you do? This is what I would do. I were the SEC, ACC, Big 12. I'd find a way to expand my season a couple more weeks. Oh, we've got to, This is what we're going to do. We're going to give everybody a couple extra buys in here. Well, it's too late. All the schedules are booked. Everything's booked. Nobody's traveling to these games. Come on. You didn't know what the schedule was six weeks ago. We can't fix a game three months from now. Come on. I'm not buying that stuff. Not for one second. Here's what you do take a step back, and the SEC championship, the ACC championship, the Big 12 championship all takes place New Year's Day. All takes place, you move the season back a couple of weeks. That allows the Big Ten that starts in October to get their four games in November, four games in December, and a couple of games in early February, or early January. Then what do you do? Super Bowl weekend. The Super Bowl's on February 7th. This is what you do. You have the greatest weekend in the history of football. The greatest weekend in the history of football. You have your two play-in games, your final four, your college football playoff games on Saturday. You have your Super Bowl on Sunday. And then your national championship takes place that next Sunday or that next Monday. That's what you do. That way the Big Ten can be involved. That's what I would do. It's exactly what I would do. Move the college football playoff to the Saturday before the Super Bowl. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. The big That's if the Big Ten decides they want to play this year. As long as they start it in October, and you're going to have about a three- or four-game swing difference – in terms of when this season wins, this one's not. Move the college football playoff to Super Bowl Saturday. Two college football playoff games on Saturday. Super Bowl on Sunday. Then the next Sunday, you can have the national championship in college football. Or the next Monday. That's if people want to swallow their ego. Not a lot of people don't. I want to stick it to the uh, uh, the Big Ten. Okay, fine. Stick it to them. Your watered-down product. When somebody's available and you choose not to play them, it's kind of cowardice. It is. Lastly, there's a new book out, Joe Cole or Jason Cole, excuse me, relentless about John Elway. There's a couple of excerpts in there about Tim Tebow. Um, And my feeling on Tim Tebow has always been the same. It is, especially with baseball. I want to see Tim Tebow Tebow succeed with the Mets organization. Why wouldn't you? If Tim Tebow goes and ends up being a Major League Baseball player for the Mets just for a year, and he hits 250 and hits eight, nine home runs, that's a great story. If you want Tim Tebow to fail at baseball, you're a turd. You're a turd. I've also sat here and said, Tim Tebow wasn't an NFL quarterback. He just wasn't. Completing three passes and having the Denver Broncos kick three field goals and winning nine to seven isn't a long-term plan in the NFL. And that's exactly what happened. Well, this new book, Jason Cole, talking about John Elway, it's not very kind to Tim Tebow. And some of it's fair. Some of it's not. He's called the most self-centered, humbled guy that anyone's ever dealt with. Okay, so what? So what he charged $50,000 to speak at churches. So what he did. And was it John Elway in, in the book? They talk about John Elway's wife wanted him to speak, wanted Tim Tebow to speak at her church and Tim Tebow's brother wanted to charge $50,000. So what? So I don't, don't have him come then. I'm not going to get on Tim Tebow. Cause he's asking for $50,000 to speak at an event. It's a church event though. So you don't pay taxes. Use the money that you don't really pay in taxes. You you had no problem receiving bailout money. You in a church? You want to spend fifty grand for Tim Tebow to speak? Fine. You don't don't. I, I'm not going to fault Tim Tebow because he's charging fifty thousand dollars to speak at churches. You want to give him the money? Give him the money. But you can't sit there and say, "Oh, it's not fair." I want to, it's not. No, no, no. We're not doing that. No, no, no. And also, this whole thing that you want to be critical of that. Ah, come on, come on. And then also talking about things how he really didn't care necessarily about how to play run the minute something went wrong on a play he'd scramble because he didn't prepare and he didn't know what to do that's fair criticism because he didn't that's why the Patriots drilled the Broncos in the playoffs that year because Bill Belichick said hey guess what gang I'm gonna rush three people Tim I want you to throw the ball 35 yards down the field on an out I want you to take the ball and I want you to place it on the sideline 35 yards down the field go for it I dare you Brought the safeties up, pushed everything to the sidelines, made Tim Tebow throw passes that he couldn't throw. And then everybody looked around and said, oh, there's the end of that. There's the end of that. That's what happened. Criticism of Tim Tebow NFL football style, 100% fair. Criticism of Tim Tebow because he charges $50,000 or his brother wanted to charge $50,000 to speak at a church, not fair. You don't have to pay it. You don't have to do it. So there's where, and that's why I've always been with Tim. Look, good person. I want to see him succeed in baseball. If he wants to charge $50,000, fine. I do think it's funny that people get mad at kneeling now over protests, even though nobody is really kneeled. But we're okay with him kneeling. Like, and I, they, like People like to reverse that. People like to spin that around and say, hey, you were upset with Tim Tebow for kneeling, but you're not upset with these protesters for kneeling. No, you were the exact opposite seven, eight years ago. He should be allowed to kneel. You can't kneel. You were the first hypocrite, not these people. True story harp on sports the bar the podcast harp on sports audio media radio network again follow share like share follow like recapping things here really quick my super bowl predictions my nfl predictions when it's all said and done seattle seahawks are your one seed in the NFC. I'm going through this right now. Buccaneers are your two. Packers are your three. Cowboys are your four. Your wild cards are your Saints, the Vikings, and the Rams. When it's all said and done, the Seahawks beat the Buccaneers to head to Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. In the AFC, the Chiefs are your one seed. The Ravens are your two. Titans are your three. Patriots are your four. Your wild cards in the AFC are the Raiders. The Steelers and the Colts, when it's all said and done, the Chiefs dump the Ravens. You have a Chiefs-Seahawks Super Bowl. The Seahawks win Super Bowl 55. This has been The Bar. Consume it. At Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram, Facebook, the Harp on Sports Facebook page, Harp on Sports YouTube channel. Like, follow, share, share, follow, like, be a part of it. Enjoy your opening day. It is, it's really opening day in the National Football League, the first Sunday of the year. Enjoy. Take care. Look forward to speaking with you in the middle of the week. Remember, stay focused. Stay strong. Stay clean. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.